the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. She said that every living creature on Earth dies alone. Hey. It's bad dog Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. The more you know who you are and what you want, the less you know. Things upset you. I've had a rough year, Dad. You want an unwritten life? I want an unwritten life. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. Boring conversation anyway. I'm in a different location than last time. <clears throat> Where are you at? Ant- Antarctica. Yeah, that's not true at all. I'm in my living room. Um, so I was at the, the desk in my bedroom last time because Katie left her big computer here. Um, and she took it. Because uh, she Did I tell you she went out of town today? Uh, you mentioned she was probably going out of town. Yeah, she went today. She has a wedding on Saturday. And so this will let her catch up with a few business things down in Columbus. And then um, I'll show up on Friday, as you do know. Um, and so, But she took her computer so she could edit uh, while her mom watches Ezra in the evenings. Mm. And so get caught up. So when I have a week off next week, so when we get to the, the week off, she doesn't have as much work. Oh, that's awesome. So anyway, but no, so I'm in the living room with uh, the laptop uh, and the microphone because it was just more comfortable because we got a new couch. <laughs> so the couch is comfortable? I mean, I almost fell asleep on it last night um, watching Legion, and I was, like, not tired at all. It was just very it was comfortable. Well, I can't wait for this weekend. So I'm going to try out the uh, sleeper couch tonight. Like, I'm going to pull it out and see. I think there's sheets on it, but I don't know. Like, I'm going to wash them and stuff because – I don't think it's ever been used really is my understanding it's just but that just i just want to freshen it up and see if it is comfortable at all because sleeper couches can be okay or they can be terrible and i hope for okay yeah if not i can sleep in the basement no the bed will be fresh and <laughs> and ready for you so that's yeah, one of my thursday night i think the couch is more comfortable than the bed i don't know i never slept on that bed but <laughs> it's a sleep number Oh, so okay. some people usually sleep numbers are really good for like the first three weeks of a sleep number. So one night would be like, wow, this is amazing. And that's how they sell you on them in the store. But listen up listeners. They're not awesome. <laughs> <laughs> long term, they suck. Short term, they're great though. And you would love it. But long term, they're terrible. Mm. Unless well, you want to sponsor us. In that case, sleep numbers, the best <laughs> sleeper ever. <laughs> My number is 45. You get a number. Uh, I don't know if you know. Uh, yeah, um, I'm so used to sleeping on basically anything that somebody gave me. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. So, uh, all right. So, Legion, do you since you just finished it, do you want to talk about it? I want clarifying answer though. Um, I texted you right before we got on because I did, like you said, I just finished season two, like f- five ten minutes ago. Um, and, um, you said there is like a mid credit scene. I watched all the way through and didn't get anything. And I looked online and I can't find anything. What am I looking for? Well, I guess it's, it's not really mid credits. Like the show ends and then you think the credits are coming in. And then I think something else happens. Is it him busting out of the bubble? What, 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 tell, just tell me so I can know what I'm looking, so I can know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember. I just remember there was a scene. So, oh, okay. 
Well, um, but I it wasn't. Know. It wasn't. Um, I don't remember it being like. Uh, like, what was the last thing you saw? Uh, he disappears with um, Aubrey Plaza in the uh, spoilers for Legion season two, um, but yeah, he's disappears with Aubrey Plaza into kind of like the wobbly disappearing as the gun bullets go through, and then uh, scarred up face guy is like, "We need to pray." Maybe there wasn't an after credit scene. I'm looking. I'm googling. What does the Legion end of? No, because that's the to? that's the last thing I remember. I'm looking just to make sure. It's probably all season one stuff. Because the last year or the last year stuff was like the he's in the bubble th- or in the metal sphere or whatever. Yeah. Huh. No, I guess I'm wrong. There wasn't. Well, you, you, ugh, for like five minutes, I've been anyway. Doesn't matter. I'm okay. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I finished it. Um. And I really liked it. I like the ending better than I like most of the season because of what it can lead to since there is a season three coming. Yeah. Uh, if See, that makes sense. And, and you got the benefit of not, of watching it all at once and not, not that a ton of people listen to us talk about Legion, but on the automatic for the people podcast that I do with my brother, we were talking about Legion season two and about three episodes in my remarks were, basically uh, well it was maybe three episodes in four something like that when ryan i told you ryan was like well we're getting a bonus episode because probably the show's going to be canceled and mm-hmm. i was like I, I don't like that bums me out man because i know where this is headed and basically what we're going to wind up is having a canceled show with the season ending just being like he was the bad guy the whole time Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so, and, well, not the whole time though. He just he he became the bad guy. So that's nice. Well, what I mean is, you thought. Well, they kind of lead you to believe you're watching the quote unquote origin story of this hero, this alpha mutant, this important guy that's going to save the world, and you're watching the origin of the guy who's going to destroy the world. I gotcha. So, and a lot of people are pissed off about that. And really? Yeah. Why? Well, if you're not a comic book reader, I understand it. Like you were emotionally attached to this couple, to this character, to his journey. But that was the point. You know, that you're supposed to be attached to this guy so that when he finally turns, that it's just as devastating for you as it is for everybody in the show. You know, she does not want to believe that he's the bad guy. But when she's confronted with all of that information, you know, you start seeing things that were there the whole time that you just kind of let go. Yeah. And I saw a lot of articles talking about how, um, like it just, it, what they're going to wind up doing is, uh, redeeming him. And it's going to be this whole, like forgiving your abuser and, you know, or 
constantly going back to your abuser and because it was an abusive relationship even though you didn't really see it that way it was you oh know? man she nails him and when he's in that little containment at his trial yeah. and and she's they're looking at each other and, and he just doesn't get what he's like he he only sees that even though he's done something wrong because it was through a, a, a filter of his version of love he sees it as still okay. Maybe not good, but uh, admissible. And she like like looks at him dead in the eyes and goes, you drugged me and you had sex with me. And what he did was he erased her memory. And like I liked that context because it takes, honestly, I think decades of stuff in comic books and in pop culture that men get away with for the, you know, because they love a woman. And she's like, no. <laughs> It is not good. It is not pretty. It is not okay because you love me because I, I was tricked. And I like that she takes it instead of saying you wiped my memory. She uses that you drugged me and you had sex with me. It really – I like the context they're, they're um, coming at that, that problem with and that they're facing it head on um, because it tells us – I think a lot about superhero narratives or, or hero narratives uh, in pop culture, but it also tells us in this show where she sits and where everybody else sits outside of that bubble compared to David and David's filter of love, maybe even physically manifested with that bubble, can't let him see things how they really are. I just thought that was really, it's like one line and there's so much in that and I yeah. love that. Yeah, and I... Like one of the things I tried to talk about this with Ryan, but he just was so like, it's so awesome. Like he's just like f everybody and I'm like yeah, that's great, man. But he's still a bad guy. Um, but it's the whole not seeing yourself as the bad guy mm -hmm. because he doesn't, Correct. and he's not probably not ever going. Now, he sees himself as a sick person, and that's something he's repeatedly tried to tell people. And then those people just go, oh, you're not sick. Here's what's really wrong with you. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, no, there's something else. No, 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 it's not that. Here's what it is. You know, here's what you need to do. Um, nobody ever really listened to him. So I also like that, like, well, you know, you kind of, like, kidnapped him and put him in this world that he should never have been in. So not to bring up Star Wars, but kind of like Star Wars, like you created your own worst enemy, you know, through all these good intentions. Um, but I love the idea of just, you identify with him so much throughout the show, or you're at least empathetic with him that when he becomes the bad guy, you're just like, no, that's, that's stupid. That show is dumb. That's impossible. You know, whatever. But, uh, and I, I said this to Ryan, I was like, you may not ever want to believe it. I may not ever want to believe it. You are the bad guy in somebody's story. Maybe yeah. not all the time, but at some point in your life, and for, hopefully not, but for a good length of time, for a lot of people, you're the bad guy in somebody's story. You're the person that did the wrong thing. Whether you knew it or not, and, and you know it's funny because I uh, have this I have this 
thing in my past that we've never really talked about, uh, and I'm not going to talk about in detail here, um, but I struggle with sometimes these moments of looking back going, um, yeah, I'm not, I, I made a terrible, I, I handled something poorly. Uh, I don't want to use the word terrible because I think in the context of what's going on in the world, uh, I know what I've done uh, is not uh, terrible. <laughs> um, but emotionally to the person that I was with, I hurt them very deeply uh, and selfishly. And that sucks. And that's not something I can really reconcile with that person at any point. Like, I don't think I'll ever see them again. Um, and I don't need that relationship to be better. I'm in a different and much, much removed relationship. Um, and I don't have that desire. But I, if I could change anything about it, at least to be not the villain in, in, in terms of how I handled that emotionally for the other person. And that sucks. But, but I, I don't revel in the pity of that for myself. It's more just like that person is a human being and deserve to be handled better and, and let their life have a little more peace rather than a harsh breakup. And that kind of thing, while it's not violent or sadistic in the way of what happened with David, but that kind of stuff happens all the time. And male or female, we don't see what we do to other people. And I absolutely think we're all the villain in somebody else's story. Um, and, and I think about the times where I am that, that I'm at least aware of, and that's a little unsettling because you think about it too. Well, if you think about it, I feel like we'd all find that we have people that are the villains in our own stories that have no idea, no idea that they were. So if I know a couple of times, I know there's got to be at least that many times that I don't know it where I was. And that's it's unsettling because I want to be a good person. I do. But yeah. it's, it's, this, is, this is the existential crisis you're talking about because you're giving it to me, Logan. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> uh, uh. I got chills. Uh, so, like, when I was... Because you weren't watching the show, so I would, like, vaguely text you stuff. And just yes. be like, this is the crap that, like, my brain tries to process every single day. And, like, I just lay awake at night going, like, did I... Did this person think this when I said that? Did, you know, I handle this the wrong way? Should I have said this instead of that? It, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah like uh, watching the season finale I was just like I am having a crisis <laughs> like I need to see a therapist because I'm gonna have an emotional breakdown because now I'm just convinced that like I've wronged every person I've ever known and tons of people I never even thought that I hurt and I don't know how to fix that <laughs> So, I mean, so. think about this, too. Think about the people who are actually legitimately wrong, too. Like, I know I have a family member who would say that I am very much in the wrong and bad. Um, but every other member of the family, anyone who knows outside of that relationship, knows that I am actually much more of the uh, victim in the situation. But that person will always have the filter of their mind. They cannot see past the fact that they see me as the villain. So to them forever, I will have wronged and, uh, and harmed them emotionally. And I didn't actually do anything. So you add on that extra layer to it as well. And I, and I think that you're inherently, you have a desire to do good stuff. And I think I try to, um, and because of that, like it adds this whole extra, uh, internal, uh, struggle for me that I go, 
not only do I know I've wronged people and so that sucks, then there are people out there who I don't know I've wronged, so that sucks. But then there are also people that I didn't wrong but will always feel that I did. So we are the villain in so many stories that were both in and out of our control. And Legion season two was fantastic, and I changed my mind on it immediately. It's good stuff. <laughs> there, there's a few episodes in there that could have easily just been like, well, we can jettison this. <laughs> but overall, like if you cut out, was it like seven and eight or eight and nine maybe? I think eight and nine. If, or if you can just condense seven, eight, nine into like two episodes instead of three episodes, then I, I think you have a much more cohesive um, like thing that you could show somebody. But once you get to those like middling episodes, like the creature crawling in the ears, it's very easy just to be like, I don't know what the hell's happening, and I'm not sure I care. Yeah, I think there's this choice with the, so John Hamm doing this narration with these definitions and examples of group psychosis and, and all these different things, which was, I think, stylistically really, really well done. Uh, but in the end, I don't think it actually meant anything. Um, and that's sort of sad to me because I thought something really profound could have come from that. And I thought something maybe was coming. Um, and then in the end, it was like, oh, it feels like much more of a stylistic choice um, and one that wasn't necessary because it's a dang, it, it's a pretty stylish show on its own. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed in that. And then of those episodes you're talking about too, I do feel like in the end it didn't really matter. So a couple little things just extra that we didn't need. It's disappointing, but that not as tight as season one, but um, I think still exploring some interesting things. Yeah, the the eight episode format I think works much more to their benefit than eleven episodes. You just kind of don't it's like he just doesn't know I've, I've got to create more content so where do we go with this and it just wasn't anywhere relevant I won't say it wasn't in, well really wasn't interesting visually it was amazing but just the plot was uninteresting and the only black guy on the whole show you kill him off in a ridiculous fashion put him in to a computer and then you don't disappear yeah he's literally not in the finale at all there's a moment so i there's this moment where the shadow king farouk i can say it i can't spell farouk i should look it up but anyway um but he's has the crown on and he's like thinking really hard and there's this like noise in his helmet and i thought oh that that could be the guy and then it doesn't come back to him so I go no that's definitely just the shadow king because when he breaks out like he's kind of speaking internally to himself and then there's like a spark yeah. in the helmet and um, I thought oh this could be the thing and it didn't and they never came back to it he just disappears yeah. um yeah I like that guy too and he was a I felt like a bigger part of season one it's been a while um I don't know just disappointing on that I agree yeah um so what else you been watching what day is it <laughs> it's tuesday i mean a lot of legion um no question there um i watched i've turned my evening show my go to sleep show on netflix for a couple of years now has been fraser um and now i'm back on this show called doc martin which is just a nice little british drama um 
and it's very it's got nice piano music that's very soothing so i've been playing doc martin to go to sleep lately um very exciting watching <laughs> i'm looking to see if i've watched any movies in the last couple of days because i don't think Oh, I watched um, American Made, the Tom uh, Cruise movie. I, see, I wanted to say it looked fun, but it just was not anything that I was going to go out of my way to see. Yeah, so it's on HBO right now. We have the HBO channel attached to our Amazon video. Um, and so just pulled it up on there. Katie uh, wanted a movie night Sunday. Um, and out of, out of the blue, I thought she was working. She was like, do you want to just watch a movie? And when she says that, I'm like, heck, Yeah. Because she rarely wants to just watch a movie. Um, and so we got it down between that and uh, The Death of Stalin, the comedy from earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we both really want to see both of those, but it won, America made one because it was technically free. And so Katie was like, just let's get our money out of the HBO, so let's watch that. And so um, it's really fun. It's very light. Like there's not a lot of, there's nothing, not much new there. Um, but Tom Hanks is, or excuse me, Tom Cruise is having a good time, and there is one joke about Nancy Reagan towards the end that is one of the funnier things I've seen in a long time. So to me, it's really worth it just to see Tom Cruise be like kind of a bad guy, but like having a good time. And so he's not he's not necessarily like in I'm running all the time mode. Um, and then this Nancy Reagan joke towards the end, uh, I would say it is worthwhile, uh, but not as best, definitely not as worst and, uh, enjoyable. So was it like night and day? Uh, similar. Yeah, I would, I would definitely, I kept thinking of night and day while I watched it. And now it has been since the year that movie came out since I've seen night and day, but that was kind of what came to mind, um, in my, as I was watching it. Night and day was the, the like like turn around on Tom Cruise for me because mm -hmm. I was very much on the like I'm so sick of this guy and then for whatever reason I decided well I'm going to watch Night and Day I, I, maybe it was on Netflix or something I don't know and I started watching I was like this movie is like ridiculous but so much fun and I just turned me around and I was like I watched, we went back and watched the Mission Impossible stuff after the second one and just kind of am on the like yeah as long as he's having fun I loved uh, uh, whatever you want to call it <laughs> live die repeat uh, edge, edge of tomorrow, of tomorrow. <laughs> um, all you what was the original title all you need is kill yep yep so I think that's the book title or something right I honestly don't know so um, yeah whatever you want to call it uh, and I'm anxious to see if the sequel ever actually happens but uh yeah I'm, i might have to i've got hbo so i might have to watch it there's a tom hanks movie i really want to compare it to i'm trying to find the name of it um it is where he plays like a he's like a senator or something there's all this <coughs> stuff about running guns charlie wilson's war do you remember that movie i never saw it okay well that's uh so it's um it's because it's historically it's a historical action dramedy is what I would call American made. And that's kind of what Charlie Wilson's war is. It's got that similar tone where it's like checking off all the boxes of, Oh, here's Pablo Escobar. Here's this famous person. Here's that famous person. Not in a Forrest Gump kind of way, just to like 
can you believe how crazy this story was kind of way? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and Tom Cruise, I think is really just like having a good time being like a, he's a pilot who, uh, ultimately, uh, gets bored with his day, you know, his day job of being like an airline pilot, just flying from one city to the next every single day and, uh, gets sort of recruited by the CIA to do some, um, some surveillance, some flyover surveillance in South America in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. Um, and then he gets involved with all sorts of uh, history from that time with gun running and drugs and um, wars and the Cold War. It, it's, it's crazy. Um, but the, uh, he's just having a good time. Very head swaggery, but in a good way. Hmm. That's, I think that's really it. Legion and that, and the, and I, I did finish my trilogy of action movies that I brought up, the Better Tomorrow series, which was fine. Um, the first two were better. They actually, in the third one, replaced, it's a prequel, and they replaced, I remember I was saying, like, it's all about these dudes who are totally in love with each other. And so they replaced uh, one of the characters, because they he wasn't in this story, with a female character who had his name. Um and I felt like it was like the producers going like we gotta we gotta straighten this up a little bit. Let's make <laughs> him literally a her, and uh, and then just move on with it. And that's basically what they did. But it was fine. That's mm, yeah. Foreign films I just can't do. I've never been that guy. You're so American. I and it had. It's not that I'm really against, like I saw Mother in the theater. Was that what it's called? Yeah, that was Katie and I's yeah. first date. First yeah. date movie. That is. Uh, really really weird first date movie i i am well, amazed well, that there's I where's try, the second date I, I sorry i was trying i tried to rephrase it it was not our first date but it was the first time we went to the movies on a date we've been oh, okay. on other dates so it was probably like our fourth or fifth date but it was the first movie we saw in okay. a theater that together. yeah i guess that's a little bit better so like if i went with somebody they were like go see this movie i'd be like i i don't know like we could be friends but you're into <laughs> some weird stuff <laughs> And we should say this is not the mother movie that... Um, if it had been, it'd be a very similar story. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, God, what's his name? Um, um, it's uh, Bong Joon-ho. Yeah, that's the one we're talking about. Not the more recent one with uh, uh, Hunger Games girl in it. So. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, her. Everybody loves Jennifer Lawrence. Well, I do too, so I can't so much but that sounded very derogatory and then you're immediately like no i, I really do too <laughs> i mean she's adorable it's hard not to love her oh man um, so uh yeah I, I saw two movies in the theater so uh. oh you i bet i can name them i can of guess. course you can <laughs> so i know you saw jurassic park uh whatever jurassic world yeah but it's a jurassic park movie <laughs> and whatever um and then you saw the incredibles 2 yep cool tell me about them i haven't seen either don't okay. spoil them except for jurassic whatever i don't care that's so what, I'm, that's what you, the next one's called jurassic, jurassic whatever. whatever i don't care so you don't care if i spoil, spoil jurassic world no nah, i'm over it okay so spoilers for jurassic world so of course there's a kid in the movie because mm-hmm. there's got to be a kid in the movie um and she inadvertently gets herself wrapped up in all of this nonsense you find out that there was this old man uh, who was partners with um, uh, God, what's his name from the first movie? Uh, Jeff Goldblum? No, no, the old guy that created the dinosaurs. Oh, the rich guy. I, 
I know who you're talking Hammond. Yeah, John Hammond. Um, mm-hmm. They were partners, and somewhere along the way, they had a falling out. And I'm like, is this a retread of Ready Player One? What's going on? And it kind of sort of is. Um, so the reason they had a falling out is because this dude took their cloning process and his, I guess his daughter had passed away and he never had grandkids. So he cloned a girl. He cloned his daughter. Mm-hmm. And so this little girl that's running around mixed up all in all of this is a clone version and like she finds out about it in the movie and it comes out of nowhere it's just like what what does that have to do with like now all of a sudden it's about cloning and not necessarily about just cloning dinosaurs so is that the so i've been hearing this whole thing about setting up a third movie is that something that sets up a third movie no what sets up the third movie is that um because she knows she's a clone, at the end of the movie, all of they brought like like Noah's Ark, like one of every dinosaur to uh, this dude's estate in maybe it's in New York, wherever it is, it doesn't matter. Is it on the mainland? Yes, it's in the U.S., but oh it's kind God. of away from everybody. Uh, but still, you're you know all the dinosaurs um, are there and. Everybody is coming to like all these people are coming from all over to buy the dinosaurs, and um, BD Wong, of course, is part of all of this. It's a very small part, but he's still there. And uh, so, of course, one of them gets out, shit goes bananas, a bunch of people die, nobody wants the dinosaurs. The, the old man, uh, who actually didn't know that they were going to sell the dinosaurs, he gets killed. Uh, by his cohort, this young dude who wants to take over and make a lot of money, of course. And so everybody dies, and the dinosaurs are there, all in their cages except for a few, and they're left with this this uh, decision of, do you make them extinct because they're trapped and all this gas is filling the room, they can't get out, yada, yada, yada. Do you make them extinct or do you let them go and then you have a a crisis on your hands because there's dinosaurs running around on earth and they decide to kill them Mm -hmm. but the little girl says F you and lets them out of the cage because she says they deserve to live because she deserves to live but she's not a murdering animal I mean this is the stupidest movie I've never seen (laughs) sounds awful <laughs> I'm sorry I'll stop it It was very I was just like okay does Chris Pratt die no I mean he's the hero he's not gonna I, die what's he his does name? all the awesome stuff his name is I don't know Chris Pratt <laughs> that's so so someone posted that like you don't like you hear or see his name one time in the first movie or something like that I was reading this whole Twitter thing, but yeah, I was like, I don't remember his name either. I don't think he has a name. No, he does, but like, and they make a point to say it in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I honestly don't remember what it. I don't remember anybody's name. 
So I honestly can't, except for Ian Malcolm, I can't tell you John Hammond, even though I forgot it five minutes ago. I, I cannot tell you anybody else's name in the first Jurassic Park movie. And it's literally in my top five films of all time. Laura Dern and Sam Neill. I mean, I know the actors' names. No, that's their names in the movie. <laughs> um, but it, I honestly don't remember their names from the movie. So yeah, that makes sense. You know, that makes sense. But I'm I'm not really watching Jurassic Park for Laura Dern or Sam Neill or even Ian Malcolm. Definitely not for those no kids. Taste. So, um, how was Incredibles two? <sighs> so, uh oh. If the Incredibles is the Fantastic Four, the Incredibles two is Watchmen. Huh. It's a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. Really? Yes. So do you? I don't even know if you like Watchmen. Uh the the story of it, yeah, which is weird because the plot of the first Incredibles is basically the plot of Watchmen, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate the story. I think it's a little... At the time, I can see reading it and going like, oh my god, this is amazing. But living in a world post-Watchmen, it's hard to go back and revisit it and not kind of resent it for everything that it created. Kind of like yeah. The Dark Knight Returns. It's yep. Like, I, I just... I would rather read Batman Year One. At least that has some kind of promise to it rather than like yeah the world sucks and everybody should probably die <laughs> so is that the lesson of the Incredibles 2 I mean kind of <laughs> Ugh. I will be seeing that that's I'm, I'm thinking potentially tomorrow night or the night after I'm gonna go see that it, it's it's definitely like maybe not everybody should die but it's along those lines it's kind of the thesis of the villain <laughs> Of like, yeah, the world is going to, like, where everything's headed, the world is going to descend into madness. And it, it's also commenting on modern society by using, which the first one did too, by using, like, all these old uh, kind of tropes and, like, oh, you know, television is bad. Watching screens all the time is bad. And, you know, it's going to turn us into zombies. And uh, it's... I'm like, okay. I mean, people have been preaching this nonsense for years, you know, and it's partially right, but that it doesn't mean it has to be that way. So, all right, it's definitely a lot darker than I thought. And if you have any kind of light photo sensitivity, anything like that, don't go see this movie. Yeah, I've heard about that. Some uh, it's like epilepsy groups were pretty upset. There wasn't any kind of warning on it. Yeah, there there really should be. Like, I don't usually get behind the people that like. Usually, most people are just being way too sensitive. But like, the minute it starts happening, I'm like, I'm not epileptic, and I might have a seizure. Interesting. It's just so fast. Like, definitely don't go see it if you do drugs, or don't do drugs and then go see it. Cause... I don't know, some people might be into that. Um, no, it, like, I feel like you would just have a bad time. <laughs> like, you would walk out so upset, you know. Um, it, I did like that it's very, very focused on Elastigirl, and <laughs> as weird as it is that we're still having to 
to advocate for women's rights in 2018 um that it does it from like a older standpoint because the movies are set probably in the late 50s early 60s i think there's a article that actually breaks it breaks it down when specifically they're said but uh they're not necessarily modern day even though the tech is very modern day Mm -hmm. um but yeah it, it takes on that like you know the the dads can stay at home if they want to the moms can work if they want to everybody you know mom and dad can both work you know it's whatever you decide makes you a family it's not some kind of preconceived notion of you know this is what a family's supposed to be you know and them kind of learning that as they go so gotcha but still the plot's very dark (laughs) (laughs) okay Um, okay we also saw uh, some short films. Oh, what, where, where did you see those? Uh, at uh, the Dalton Little Theater, is that what it's called? I don't know. Is <laughs> that what it's called? Uh, you should know. Your your short films played there. Oh, did they? Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Dalton Little Theater, that's the name of it. You got it right. In Dalton, Georgia. Um, that was fun. A night of short films. It was basically a, a little under two-hour block of short films um, curated by some friends of ours, Chris Flippo, Jeff. I always want to call him Jeff Johns when I say his name, <laughs> Jeff James. Um, they made a film that we really love called Down in Yonder, which has been making the festival circuit and had its, I mean, I guess it's theatrical premiere in terms of like a regular theater le- release in Athens, Georgia. Yeah. Um, this past weekend, which is cool. He was able to get his ticket on Movie Pass. I saw that. Um, that's pretty cool. Anyway, but he, uh, but Chris got in touch a while back and asked me if he could uh, play my shorts. And um, my, my first short, Say Hello, is played at a few other film festivals, but this is the first time my second one, uh, Braced, has played. So he premiered it for me, which is pretty cool. Um, and it's a pretty good crowd. It was, it was exactly what it sounded like, a little theater. Um, but it was pretty packed. Maybe well maybe less than 50 people somewhere around 50 people yeah somewhere around there um it's hard it's so hard to tell that it can be so deceiving so it's either like it was really either like 25 or like 75 probably <laughs> like you know what i mean like the, there's never there's always more people than i think um well, but because it, the space is so small that when everybody gets in there it's like man there's a lot of people here but if you did a head count it might be like well there's 46 people here. that's not really that many people <laughs> you know but yeah. it's more people than was at uh the second screening i had of um solo so this time <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's more people than i believe um were at the the second time my short played uh, my first short played at the Chattanooga Film Festival, yeah. um, for sure, because that was a pretty quiet theater. And then, um, but yeah, it was it was good though. And we got to do like a little Q and A with the other filmmakers. And um, the, my cinematographer Drew got to make it out, which was nice. Um, and He's such a stoic dude, man. And I've talked to him sometimes, and I'm like, I don't know if you hate me or if you were <laughs> just like this. And but like he was talking to me, and he just looked so. Stoic is a very nice way to put it. And then he, like, tells me, just so you know, I'm on retainer for anything you want me to do ever. And I'm like, oh, okay, so he doesn't hate me. 
and he doesn't think these things are stupid, so that's good. Um, you know who he reminds me of, or who he reminded me of this weekend in particular, was Michael Shannon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so Michael Shannon can be a really funny guy, but he also looks like he wants to kill you at the same time, and that is what Drew is. No question. He's like he's like brawny man meets Michael Shannon. Yeah. He's always wearing red flannel. That's pretty accurate. So, um, what was like? What's your like? How did you feel? You've seen audiences watch the the first one, but like watching the second one, you've only ever had other like my input or whoever else you showed it to. You know, Katie's input or whoever. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I basically only sent it to friends and family via a link. I haven't even watched it with anybody. Say hello. Uh, most people I showed it to, I at least went to their house and watched it with them the first time, like my aunt and uncle and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I had not watched Braves with anybody um, except for Katie in the same room, I'm pretty sure. I don't think you and I ever sat down and watched it together. No. And so um, it was good. Um, but the, the shorts all center around, they both center around twist and the narrative, and they're tied together uh braised is technically a sequel to say hello um and watching them together i i really think i mean everyone was reacting someone behind um katie um whispered or and i guess behind you too i don't know if you heard her but said something along the lines of like oh he's eating her or something <laughs> gross like that and uh and someone else was like you could hear people squirming and you could also hear people laughing at some of my cuts i was gonna were, ask you about that what were you gonna ask me like does that sting like because to me it felt like very nervous laughter like oh what is going on yeah so it's hard to tell um which is which and without asking Pete, i kind of wanted to be like cinema score be like will you check these boxes and fill in the blanks in your thoughts um but my feeling is their reactions whether they thought something was funny when it maybe not intended to be funny or whether they thought it was uncomfortable um they did have a reaction at the moments i cut the film for them to have reactions right um and i do feel like maybe i found that i made a really dark comedy um if you put the two together and maybe cut them a little different i may have made a dark comedy on accident um, and I'm good with that. And if I just made people uncomfortable and they laughed in discomfort, then I did exactly what I was going for. And so that's good. Um, so all the way around, I, I'm just glad people honestly reacted because both shorts were made to say, can I elicit a response visually with no dialogue um, and a very, very short amount of time. And I think both films do it. And uh, and I, I like Braised um, a lot. I'm very proud of it. And I like that they laughed because they did something other than just sat in silence, which would have been vomit-inducing, and it would have been <laughs> gross for all of us. Uh, yeah, I I can. There were there was one or two that one for sure that it seemed like it was just dead silent. Everybody was just like, I don't know what's going on, what's supposed to be happening, and uh, that that had I don't know if that person was there, but that had to be uncomfortable. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I heard the laughter and I was like, well, I hope he's not taking that as a bad sign. Um, I, I listened to, uh, slash film talk about, um, uh, God, uh, well, the horror movie we went and saw a couple of weeks ago. Hereditary. Yeah. Hereditary. And 
they were talking, one of them was talking about how somebody was laughing in the theater and how awful that was and it was so disrespectful. And I'm like, eh, like I'm one of those people who also kind of laughs when he gets really nervous. So, or, or if I'm just uncomfortable, I will kind of like, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. try to break some kind of tension. So I fully understand laughing at stuff like that. You're like, I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> No, I agree. And so, yeah, I, my thing is, so they did a Q&A afterwards, and I thought that the questions that got asked to me, more so than anyone else, and this is not like a braggy thing, because I think my films obviously had a narrative and the nature of them being one being a follow-up to the next, there can always be the question of what's next. But people were engaged with the narrative and their questions to me. And I got several pointed questions that weren't like general, like, tell us where you're from. They were like pointed questions about the filmmaking. And I thought that was like, that was the most meaningful thing for me. And people were like, what happens next? That's cool. And they were not from, like, it wasn't me in the audience going like, Hey, what, what happens after this? Yeah. yeah, Somebody you don't even know (laughs) who were there with their friend's film. Like they, like they were there to support someone else's films and they're asking me questions about mine. And as I'm responding, they're interacting and the people around them were. And so for me, that's like, that's what I want. And if that came from a place of laughter that wasn't intended from my end, but it came from a place of, of that that drew them to ask that question good with me because they cared. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. I I love that. So I, I I had such a good time. I was so glad because it's one of those things. And I'm that kind of person uh, to a degree. I think you are too. Where like I'll make plans and then like the closer it gets to like actually doing something, I'm like, man, I really don't want to do anything. Oh, I don't. Eat, I couldn't even tell you how close I was to not coming. Um, <laughs> truthfully, um, you were coming, so he was like. Dang it, Logan. And um, and then my friend, my coworker, Dana, texted me at some point that day and went, this looks really important. I'm coming to this to support you. <laughs> and I'm bringing my mom. And I was like, dang it, Dana. <laughs> and, then, and then Drew texted me like an hour after Dana. And I hadn't responded to Dana because I was even considering being like, guys, I'm just not going to go. Don't take the time. And then Drew texted me. I was like, I can make it. And I'm bringing my girlfriend. We're going to come. And I was like, I hate all of you wonderfully supportive people. I will be there too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it, it just because it was Saturday. And so I, like I spent my whole Saturday kind of doing nothing like I do. And went and saw uh, Saturday. Saturday I saw Jurassic World. Went and saw Jurassic World and... I was just like, uh, you know, like, I just want to go home and kind of relax. And, like, I came home and I started watching, uh, I forget what I started watching, and, like, fell asleep in 20 minutes. And I woke up and I was like, oh, God, I can't lay back down because I'll fall asleep and I won't make it. So, well, I could take Spencer and go, hey, man, I just, like, I'm really exhausted. Like, this week kind of sucked and I'm sorry. And I was like, no, don't be an asshole. <laughs> Like, if you had done it, I could have got out of it, you jerk. And I had already bought my ticket, too. So. Well, then you'd done your part in supporting. So, well, you know. But uh, not, also, I'm like, well, it's like a 35-minute drive to Dalton from here. Meanwhile, you got to drive like an hour. So. Literally 59 minutes from my doorstep to the theater. So, yeah. 
We could. I could have just drove out to your house. We could have watched it in the basement. <laughs> no, but you said my basement's haunted, so you wouldn't have. You would have been scared like a little girl. No, I mean, I'll sit down there, but your basement is definitely haunted. So uh, I, I just had a weird thought, and I'm going to say it, social justice warrior me. So I don't understand why we say scared like a little girl because little boys get scared as shit. And so I'm going to re- try to refrain from that and be like, you're going to get scared like a little baby because babies get scared when you're a baby. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably good. Um, um, trying to I'm going to take my else. immaturity to a mature place. <laughs> trying to think of what else I've watched. Um, I started Luke Cage Season 2. How's that going? It's really good. Uh, better than it has any... Like, not right to be, but it's just... It's such an easy thing to mess up. And they could mess it up. Like, there's parts of season one that are, like, uneven. The middle. Yeah. Two episodes in, and I I don't... I'm going to sound like typical male guy here. I don't really care. How in the hell is Alfred Woodard getting better looking? I don't don't know. Magic? I don't know. uh, So you've seen... Like, this is the chick from Scrooged. Now, granted, in Scrooge, she's supposed to look kind of, like, not crazy, but, like, very, like, erratic because of everything going on in her life. But somehow she looks younger than she did in Scrooge, and I don't understand that. Yeah, I think that, um, so, we only ever hear of, like, the Clooney's who age well or whatever, and I think that's just society. Um, But... Lots of ladies age well. Some some human beings just don't, and some human human beings do. It's just we have only ever really talked about the dudes who do it, uh, except for like Helen Mirren, who's kind of. Oh I feel God. like people have been talking about her forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have like a lot of people. I have a very strange fascination with Helen Mirren. Uh, we'll just call it a fascination. Fascination. That's a. I, I almost said something. The, I almost said the most childish thing I've ever said to you, and I'm really proud of myself for not doing it. Hmm. Um, and, I, and I've told you, well, never mind. I don't need, people don't need to know how childish I can be. But yeah, she's in season one, and, and she's great in season one. And I'm so she's glad kinda she's kind of scary in yeah, season one. Oh, wait till you see season two. Like, anytime she starts talking kind of like softly to anybody, I'm like, she's about to kill him. Like, she's, she's going to kill this person. And I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but I just keep waiting for it to happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's this, I, I don't know. It's weird to just be like, there's this sexiness about her character, but her in general, for sure. And I, I just, I don't, I don't get Logan, it. Logan, you like the bad ladies. You just act like you don't. I, well, I've always loved Alfred Woodard, but something and like in the last five or six years maybe that she's just I don't know she's incredible man so it makes me just want to like start going back and like what else is she in that I've missed you know how tied into the other shows that have come out is season two it references a lot of what happened in Defenders dang okay I could just tell you what happened in Defenders no I know but no don't do it um Actually, it's been more than a few years. There's this show called Memphis Beat 
mm-hmm. that uh, was on like TBS that had uh, Jason Lee in it. Not yeah. a great show, but it was a fun. I saw a little bit of it. I remember it. And she was in that. And that's when I was like, oh, Alfrey Woodard. Like, I love her. And ever since then, it's just been when she pops up in something, I'm just like, oh, yeah, Alfrey Woodard. (laughs) Your voice right now is making me uncomfortable. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) I said I was going to be like typical male whatever, but it's ridiculous how amazing she looks. Um, So have you watched Fleabag yet? No, I haven't. You're a bad friend. I am. You watched Legion. I said I was going to watch Fleabag this yep. week. I, I'm. I'm. Gonna it's got start the Star it Wars tie-in. Yeah, L three. So no, I was too busy watching The Ranch on Netflix. <laughs> oh, you depress me so much. You just make me sad. You is there not ever been a show that you're like, this is not great, but I can't stop watching it. Oh yeah, no, outsourced, a hundred percent outsourced. Really? Yeah, I liked outsourced. I did too. It's a bad show though, and it's slightly racist. I mean, come oh, on. it's very racist. I, I, it's on Hulu. I rewatched it recently, and I was like, "Man, this is, this is just, oh, <laughs> like I, should not be saying is, this stuff." The thing is, like, I love the people in the show. Like all of the non-white people, I love. Oh and yeah. Anytime they show up in anything, I am so. Isn't the guy who's in Mr. Robot the 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 partner who uh, Rick rolls uh, Meryl Streep's daughter? Isn't that the in the guy in Outsourced? Yeah. And it's like, I love that dude. <laughs> and so um, I can't help it. They're all just having a good time. Uh the uh the dude that plays his like co boss or whatever has mm-hmm. shown up in like um credit card commercials or something recently. And I'm like, This dude's better than this. Like he's such a good actor. I hate that he's kind of just stuck being guy in commercials, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. If I was better, I'd know his name, but I don't know his name. But that's that's my that's that's definitely my show that I'm like. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know the guy that um, the guy from Mr. Robot. I don't know his name either. So Ben something, Ben Shapiro, maybe I don't know. Um, but yeah, I I think we talked about that in season one of Mr. Robot. I'm like. That dude was an outsourced, and he's like a really goofy white dude and outsourced, and he's a sleazebag in Mister Robot. Um, what, um, else, what else? What else? What um? Uh, so, by the way, that was our one Star Wars reference to justify being on this network. I said L three. <laughs> um, I mentioned and, Star Wars before. What did you talk about? Legion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, I ignored you when you talked. Um, Everybody does. <laughs> what'd you say? Um, what was I going to say? What? So I'm reading DC comics and I need to stop because there's too many. Yeah. Like, Plus there's I'm, no DC app. <laughs> there's a Marvel app. I'm reading Mike, uh, Brian Michael Bendis' Man of Steel miniseries still. <laughs> and it is, it's really good. I know you hate the whole model of the thing, but it's really good. Um, and this new Justice League that is st- just started up with Scott Snyder is so weak. It's like Grant Morrison, and I would compare it to Grant Morrison's new X Men. Like it is so Man, bizarre. Don't make me go read Justice League. <laughs> you won't read it. You'll just buy them and they'll sit there. So don't go buy them. No, um, I, I don't. I don't buy DC books unless it's like a Batman miniseries that I know 
I don't have to be invested in whatever the hell is going on in the Batman books. You know, I'll buy those just to to read them. But like the the regular series, I won't buy those. Why? I will, I will find them online. Because <laughs> why don't you I'm buy just, them? Because I will. Their get head CEO or whatever doesn't support Trump the same way Marvel's does. Yeah, that's true. Um, Sorry, I, I saw politics in our description on iTunes, so I figured I had to bring up Trump too. Is it? Yeah, you said we're going to talk something pop culture and dot 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 politics. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't remember what I write or what I say. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is funny because I looked this up today for the first time. Um, here's your description. This is not the podcast you were looking for, but we're getting there. First, we're going to have a conversation about film, TV, pop culture, politics, basically whatever comes up. Oh, okay. That's not that bad. No, no, it's just, I think it's pretty good. And you, I love our little logo. Did you listen to the intro? I did, and I really enjoyed it. Okay, it and I was so okay. Pri- I was very impressed with your ability to let me have like multiple moments from Lost in Translation. It made me happy. Well, it's all the same scene. <laughs> no, I know, but it's like it's cut with other things, so it's yeah, like yeah, multiple yeah. moments in the intro. Yeah. I know it's all the same scene better than you know it's all the same scene, so, Logan. I hope the scene from. Um... Uh, in the mood for love is a good scene because <laughs> I couldn't find one with the subtitles so I could understand what they were saying. All the scenes are just sad and they're in love and that's about it. So you're okay no matter what you've been. I think it's the end because they're in like this uh, like uh, brick walkway and mm-hmm. they're talking to each other and she goes to leave and he says, hey, and that was the only thing I understood. And she turns around and he says something to her. She says something back. I was like, well, I hope this is relevant. <laughs> no, it's pretty good. That's the closest they ever come to. Do you know what that movie's about? Because you haven't seen it because it's foreign. And I have you're... no idea what it's about. No. So um, uh, two neighbors uh, in, um, I believe they're in Hong Kong, but they're in, or China. It's anyway, but they're two neighbors in a, basically an apartment let me rephrase. In these apartment buildings, in every apartment is like a two-family apartment, typically. But there's a, they're, they're stacked on top of each other back during World War II era. And the neighbors who kind of all share this like gigantic apartment floor, um, there's a, two pairs of husband and wives. And these two people make friends, a man and a woman. They make friends, and then they find out that their spouses are cheating on them with each other. And so they have this relationship where they're just basically hanging out while their spouses are off doing it somewhere. And it's not about the sexuality part of their na- – like their spouses, they're just gone. They're just not present. And they're just left like we know what they're doing. We know who they're doing it with and here we are. But then they end up falling in love. And they can't do anything about it because if they do, they know they'll be just as bad as their spouses who have hurt them. So they don't do anything about it. And it's all about – and so the sexual tension is real (laughs) for like most of the movie. And uh, that's what it's about, whether or not they're going to do it and what it's like to be – try to be the better person when that makes you feel even worse. Hmm. Anyway, it's really good. I didn't describe it well. It's beautiful. Love it. It sounds like a movie I would – genuinely appreciate if only it were in english hmm. i mean I, it's not that i haven't ever watched a foreign film it's, just, it's what it sounds like to me 
All right, so here's... I, <laughs> I swear I think we've discussed this before. So mm -hmm. here's my thing with foreign movies. Mm -hmm. So when I'm watching something where I understand what they're saying, I can have a better gauge on if they're, like, convincing. Like, watching a foreign film, not, not in a bad way, is like reading a book. Except somebody's just, you know, showing me the words... And there's pictures. Or it's kind of like a comic book. Like, I can't tell if these they're doing a good job. So, it it is the words that would have, like, the emotional impact for me. And, I mean, I could just read a book. No, I, um, I see what you're saying. And I think that the more you, like, if you were to rewatch foreign films, um, which I, I know is, if you're not in that mode, it's not necessarily, like, a casual, easy thing to do. So, I'm not saying anything like... If you would just rewatch them, God, come on, Logan. It's not like that. But like um, the more you watch them, the more you get used to the words. And so you're not focused on just consuming that. And then you take in the whole picture. I've probably seen that movie like 10 times. And the more you watch it, the more used to what they're saying you get. So it's not that you know what they're saying, but it's not just about that anymore. That I find to be helpful, especially with movies that I have like an initial strong reaction to. But I, to I totally get what you're saying. Um everyone should just watch more foreign films it's a it's a small world out there we just treat it like it's not yeah i mean i i don't disagree with that and i should definitely watch more foreign films but just so many times i'm like oh eh, well that wasn't like i'm trying to think of some ones that i really really 400 love. blows for 400 blows is amazing yep I knew that. It's the only one I could remember off the top of my head that I knew that you love. Uh, yeah, that that's a, like I paid like forty bucks for that Criterion Blu-ray. <laughs> Gotta wait for the sale, which is next week, by the way. Uh, yeah, um, I, I have comics to buy. So, what was like you guys back in like the early days of the Film Dispenser podcast? You did the uh, the um, sight and sound list, right? Yeah, we did the top 10, I think. So the Sight and Sound pulls all the critics around the world, and they create a top, I think it's 200 or 100 films. There's a lot of them, and we did the top 10. We went through each one of the top 10. Okay. Um, yeah, actually, I just pulled it up because I was curious. Um, um, yeah, that was. I, I still vehemently disagree with Vertigo. Um, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Tokyo Story overly long but like i i enjoyed it for the most part mm -hmm. um, no no i did too that's when i like to revisit though i remember watching the passion of jonah arc on for free on youtube mm -hmm. but they didn't have the score so it's completely silent mm -hmm. that is terrifying i remember you doing that i think you wrote into us then um, I believe you did because I, I I remember this story and I feel like it was at a time when we were not yet friends, and I'm pretty sure you wrote into the show about that. Yeah, I, it was it it like legitimately freaked me out. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of these I actually haven't. Like, a lot of these aren't even foreign films. That's ridiculous. So I created a list of. Um, like the criterions I'm going to try to get on this or I want to get on this sale because what I have, what happens is if I go in without a list, I just buy like what looks cool in the moment. Then I'm like, why did I get such and such? That's what I came for. And I didn't even get it because I forgot because I got excited. 
And um, and I was like thinking, this is a really stupid long list of things. I'll never get this many movies. And then for Father's Day, I got a $25 gift card to Barnes & Noble. So that's one. Um, and then today, so at my job, which I won't really disclose much of, um, previously, which just ended, my old job, uh, was that I trained new hires to do the job that my department does. Um, and I have classes of like 20 people. Well, today, a group of that class showed up with a card, which was awesome. It had an enamel metallic lightsaber on the front of it. Like it's like four inches long. It's a really nice card. Um, and they all signed it and they gave me a t-shirt that's, that they made that says the sayings of Spencer. And it's all the really sarcastic things I say to them in class all the time. Um, which was really funny to me because people think I'm very nice and polite and my shade reigns supreme in the classroom and a hundred dollar <laughs> gift card. Holy crap, man. Yeah. So I was like, well, there goes four more movies for the criterion sale. Five more, five more. Cause they're like 1999 plus I'm a member. So I get that extra discount. Um, so now I know I'm at least getting six criterions next week and that's very exciting to me. Which six on the list. So I think I'm going to get, um, I do know I'm getting Certain Women, um, which is a movie from a couple of years ago, but it's got Laura Dern in it and Kristen Stewart and cannot be resisted. So that's going to happen. Um, I'm finally going to get Chaplin's The Great Dictator, which is one I have forgotten to get the last three sales. So I'm going to get it. Um, I'm going to get The Virgin Suicides because Sofia Coppola, duh. Um, a Matter of Life and Death, which was my number one most requested. I've even submitted this official request to Criterion um, to have this released on the Criterion edition. So I'm going to pick it up. Um, and then, so that's one, two, three, four. Um, <coughs> then the 400 Blows, finally. And um, I own a movie you don't? You, are you kidding me? My basement's full <laughs> of movies that you own that I don't. Um, Including and, Willow. Oh, my God. And then uh, The Virgin Spring, which is my favorite Bergman film that I've, uh, I've wanted on Criterion for a long time and is coming out this month. So I just looked up Certain Women, a movie I've never heard of, and I don't know how I have never heard of this. Oh, yeah, I'm because so, it's a tiny little independent movie. And I've it's uh, Kelly Reichardt. Reichardt, is that how mm -hmm. you say it? Yep. And I've wanted to watch some of those films forever and have just never got around to it. Like especially, especially old joy and Wendy and Lucy. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I guess I need to just catch up with all of these. She's great. I mean, the only one of hers <coughs> that I have not seen bless you, um, is, um, Wendy and Lucy. That's actually the only one I've not seen. And I know that's like kind of her breakthrough movie, but all the other ones I've seen and I love, um, <laughs> But certain women I will finally see next week. And uh, Wendy and Lucy, I'm, I might need to go ahead and watch that one too just for the uh, heck of it. Um, yeah, I think Meek's Cutoff was on like Netflix for the longest time and it was in my queue and I just never watched it. Meek's Cutoff is one of those movies I watched the first time and I fell asleep 50 minutes into it at 5-0. Um, and I thought it was so boring and I didn't understand why this movie had hype. And then like a week later, I said, I'm just going to start it over and watch it again. And I was much more awake and I was like, I'm prepared just to finish the movie because that's how I am. And I started it over, 
fresh mindset, well-rested. And by 20 minutes into the movie this time, I was on the edge of my seat. And for the rest of the runtime, I was like, oh, my God, what is going to happen to these people? And it was so into it. And I have loved it ever since. Yeah. um, So don't be sleepy when you watch it. Um, I'm especially interested in uh, Kristen Stewart, who, like, post um, Twilight has become absolutely fascinating to me and not in like a pervy way like i was talking about Alfred woodard and <laughs> like legitimately like wait no this chick is not the chick we all thought she was you know she's not this vapid talentless like just placeholder for female emotion like twilight makes her into um the thing with Kristen stewart is that we all were like, she looks so bored to be here in the Twilight movies. And it's like, she must like, there must be something not going on up there. But then when you see the other much more interesting choices she's made since then, you're like, oh, she was actually bored to be there and had so much more she could be doing. And then she went and did it because she made that money on twilight and can do whatever she wants to do so she makes french independent films and they're great yeah i would say anybody that that listens to this and goes rolls their eyes go check out camp x-ray and clouds of sils maria i agree completely it's it's camp x-ray is a movie that should be cheesy and not work and she makes that movie work yeah and i i that was i think that was the first one i watched and was like wait am i wrong about her and then for whatever re- reason, I it was the same year, I think, Clouds of Sils Maria. I was uh-huh. like, um, oh, Juliette Binoche, that's why. Um, I was like, uh, I, I like Juliette Binoche, so I guess I'll check this out. And I was like, holy hell, this is an amazing movie. And she's so good in it. And I believe that's on Netflix, too. Let me double check really quick. But I believe Clouds of Sils Maria is on Netflix. Um, it's also got Chloe Grace Moretz's best performance. Um, which is just so yeah. good at basically almost like um, attacking her actual image. It's a, it's just crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's on Netflix. Clouds I, of Sils Maria. I, I would agree with with that. Um, I like Chloe Grace Moretz, but I don't don't necessarily get the like. Oh, she's amazing. Like, eh, she's kind of just most of her stuff is just her being like this bratty kind of you know whatever yeah well i um i think that um no i think that kristen stewart's great and i'm looking forward to um to watching certain women hopefully next weekend that's my goal okay next time i uh house it for you i can uh dig that out and watch it on the the projection every time that you say next time i'll house it for you i report to katie at some point like Logan said there'd be a next time. <laughs> oh, man. As long so, as the uh, dogs don't get out. But if they do, it's, you're just going to get a text going like, well, the dogs got out. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not open chasing the, them. Open the back fence. They'll come back sooner or later. Yeah. Um, so what else? What else? What else? Ant-Man and Wasp. Have you been hearing the early re- the reviews of that? This looks uh, pretty promising. Yeah. The one that struck me, I guess, maybe kind of sort of spoilers even though it's out there, is that there's no villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I like that. Like, I like the idea of that. 
Because how do you solve a villain problem? Get rid of a villain. Yeah. I mean, in Marvel, if they have one thing, it's definitely a problem with villains. So you can throw Thanos and Loki at us all you want, but almost everybody, well, Michael B. Jordan, almost everybody else, it's just been, ugh. But you know what? I mean, it's if one movie series in this in this whole thing could do it, I really feel like it's the one that makes giant Pez dispensers and Thomas the Train jokes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm losing you breaking up. I heard you say yeah, but I think we're breaking up. Uh, yeah, I think I just saw some lightning. So <laughs> uh, maybe Fine. we should wrap it up. You think? I don't know. I don't want to mess um, things up. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything else. So. I mean, other than what I've been reading, but I read the same crap I always read. So, well, we need to talk about Poe Dameron. I'll be caught up. I'm two issues behind, but I got him right here in front of me. Um, so maybe we can talk about the Poe Dameron series and like, oh shoot, that's what we we're gonna do. We should talk about the uh, the the Star Wars books that we love, the comics, because everyone wants to just mention Vader and the Star Wars series, but like, Poe Do- Dameron's really good, and Doctor Aphra's awesome. Yeah. Um. And those were the ones, like, I dropped out a few, like, maybe a year into the Star Wars books. I just stopped reading them. Um, but I stopped reading most comics. So, um... Because you were buying all the comics. Yeah. I was too busy buying them. So, I I started back up when I, I subscribed to the Marvel app. So, I, I just started rereading them. Because um, they're all there. And Poe and Dr. Affer were the ones I was just like... Like, I really don't, I mean, I don't, it's blasphemy, I don't really care about Poe Dameron as a character that much. I, I really don't. And nothing against the actor, it's, it's okay in the movies, but like, he seems kind of one note to me. You know, like, oh, I'm the hero, and I'm always going to be the hero, and that's what I'm going to do. Like, okay, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, Finn is much more interesting because of the the conflict there. Um, and but what I found when I started reading Poe was that I still am not that interested in Poe. Like the first arc, no. Other than Phil Noto's absolutely gorgeous arc, had no interest in it. And the more it became about his interactions with his squad. And what they would go through, like, that sucked me in. Like, now I'm so invested in those characters that at some point, I don't know, I don't think it's a spoiler. There's a jump. I don't know if you know that. Like they, I do know, yeah. So they're okay. there. I'm two issues into them sitting in the Millennium Falcon at okay. the end of The Last Jedi. So, and you don't know what really happened to them. Huh. Because they they're not really brought up until yeah, that's true. Yep. Okay, I see what you're saying. I it, mis I misunderstood what you said. Yes, yeah, I agree. Until this most recent episode our episode issue. Ooh. It, it comes up. And oh, that's exciting. Yeah. And it, this most recent issue also opens with the most mind blowing conversation that I, I was so jazzed. Like, immediately, halfway through the book, I texted you. And I was just like, the new issue of Poe Dameron. You have to read it. It is amazing. So, yeah. It's I'm sitting right in front of me. I'm going to I'm gonna read it probably right when we hang up tonight. Like, I, I, I'm pumped. 
I mean, I, the thing that blew my mind is I realized um, reading maybe the second issue. No, I guess it would have been the first one. Whichever one of the first two in this new arc where Leia shows up. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, my God, we are reading the first new content with Leia post Carrie Fisher's death in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Like, that's cra- It's such a weird place to not in a bad way, but it's just odd to be reading that going like, oh, but wow, like she's passed away. We don't know what they're going to do with her as a character exactly. But here we are with new Leia in this time frame. Yep. It's very bizarre. I know. And Dr. Afra is just a character that shouldn't work at all. Like, period. It just should not work. She is like Indiana Jones meets Captain Jack from Doctor Who slash Torchwood. And that is a perfect description. Yeah, then I won't say anyone else. Yeah, those two together. And it's and female and awesome. And just it's such a fun book and it's so it's just sleazy but in a good way and I love it. I love Doctor Aphra. I think it's my favorite Star Wars comic book right now without any reservation. Yeah. It is it's definitely if you're like I tend to lean more towards like, oh I like the bad guys, even though they're the bad guys. If you like like that if you lean more towards the bad guys it's definitely a book you can enjoy without having to feel like i'm kind of just rooting for them to murder people so (laughs) yeah yeah no i i agree and i think that i mean i actually i did something really dumb logan (laughs) um there's a black and white cover of dr afro number one Mm -hmm. a variant um that uh infinity flux has had on their spinner rack for a long time because it was 39 dollars um and i've wanted it for a long time and so i messaged them about it and they went and looked at it and they realized there was some scuffing on it because it's a white cover um it's the black and white pencils basically and they took ten dollars off of it for me and so i bought it for twenty nine dollars because i am an idiot yeah did you at least like price check like cross check oh yeah no it goes for much more than they were selling it for okay so and it actually sells for much more and then like they had a graded edition um, that was like a nine six or something like that. That went for like, and then they actually sold. That was like one eighty, and mm-hmm. so I was like, yeah, all the way around, both used and nice versions, it goes high. And I just really wanted it, so I got it. No, yeah, I, mean, I don't. I I buy stuff that I want all the time. Like, did I tell you that I found a uh, short box of comics? It wasn't full. It only had like maybe 10 or 15 comics in it. But some of them were definitely Silver Age X-Men comics that I didn't think I had. And I had already rebought. <laughs> so. I yeah. mean, I told my boss I have $40 someone gave me to pay me back for something in cash that I've yet to put in my bank account. So I told him, hey filming up another file box and I'll give you $40 cash. So at some point um, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to get a file box full of comics. I have no idea what will be in it, just like last time. And he has not made me any promises for $40. Is this like a trade offer? (laughs) Are you interested in Silver Age X-Men comics? No, no. I was just saying, like, I'm I'm like... But that's different. It's not going to be stuff that you already own. I literally... These are like... 50 year old books that I wound up buying twice now granted I didn't pay a lot of money for them but I mean buying something twice for 10 or 15 dollars is still very like damn it (laughs) 
I, apparently I bought them like forever ago. Like when did I move out of my apartment? I mean, I don't know. Nove- it's been November. It feels like longer than that, but so they've been in that box since then because it was buried in my storage unit. <laughs> and I was like, "What's in this box?" And I was like, "Well, it's a bunch of magazines." Like, and I, like, I pulled the magazines out to go through them, and there's just a stack of comics sitting underneath them. I was like. Well, what the hell is this? I was like, oh my god, I already have all of these. I bought them twice. Uh, There's this mini-series that I've wanted to read for a long time um, that it's by a musician and she made a comic book and whatever. It's called Skin and Earth. And I have purchased about seven issues of this six-issue (laughs) mini-series since it started coming out because it was coming out while I was traveling to Memphis for work. And so I was picking it up at a random bookstore up there, but not keeping track of it. So I bought seven issues of a six-issue miniseries, but I'm actually missing issues four and six. Nice. So because there's alternate covers, so I would, and I didn't know that, and I should have known better because I know a lot about the variants and stuff, and I didn't pay any attention to it. And so I have like multiple covers for multiple issues, but don't have the full series. So well, I've never been able. At least it's not the same cover. I guess so, but still, like, I just want to read the thing. I, I truly, all I want to do is read the story from beginning to end, and I can't do that. I did that with Orphan Black, all their comic books. I would see uh, the cover that I, I was like, I don't have the uh, the Helena cover. I don't have the uh, whoever, and I, I would pick that up. But like, do I have this issue though? Like, uh, whatever. I know I don't have that cover. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a bunch of Orphan Black comic books like that i have all the sets but multiple covers of each one because i would just forget which issue i had no i didn't have that cover i um i had a good orphan black moment uh sunday uh katie and i were at lowe's looking for i don't know oh paint she was looking at paint we're gonna paint our living room after july or after this weekend um and so um we were looking to paint stuff, and then we decided just to walk around because Ezra, our son, loves to see like stuff at Lowe's. And so we're walking around, and we go down the rug section, and there's all this like it's like discount rugs. They're like on a like a shelf, all stacked on top of each other, and one of them had like crazy like stringy like material coming from it, and I and it surprised me, and I just said very clearly, like very quickly, "Look, Katie, someone scalped Helena." And she saw it, and we both just started dying laughing in the middle of Lowe's about Orphan <laughs> Black. So that was our yeah. moment Sunday. Oh, that's awesome. I miss that show, man. I just finished it, and I miss it. Yeah. Are you going to read the new series? Uh, yeah, I, I need to read the one that they, they finished a few months ago, but knowing it's like this uh, what-if-style story kind of set in an alternate universe or whatever doesn't really endear me to it i'm like yeah I, I want more adventures of these characters so yeah you know and i i did wind up in a really good place with uh delphine and uh Cosima. so i'm a little bit more open to like oh this will explore what happens to them afterwards rather than being like oh my god enough <laughs> <laughs> fair uh, enough that makes sense <sighs> but anyway. all right sir it seems like an hour, 23 minutes is about our uh, runtime. <laughs> That's about the battery life of my uh, computer, too, so that works out well. 
Yeah. Do we have some sort of sign off? We didn't even sign off. No. What's, what's the name of our show? We we, I, we still haven't said our names. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we're the worst. This is great. So. I'm Spencer. <laughs> No, it would have been better if nobody, if we just, they never knew our name. I'm Logan. <laughs> it's like, there's the guy we can understand and the guy that sounds like he grew up in a trailer park. Not so, true, not true. <laughs> I have a brother who sounds almost just like me. I'm well aware of what I sound like. He does not, you guys sound very different. It's shocking how much you twin brothers sound different. Yeah. Uh, apparently people on our podcast are like, yeah, I don't know which one's which. Well, I'm going to go watch Willow so I can yell at the other one at some point. Yeah. I just want to troll him on your podcast. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, I guess go write and review us on iTunes. I, like, I feel weird promoting a podcast about nothing. I mean, I'm not promoting it anywhere. Yeah. I mean, so, sorry about that. Should I be? Do you no, want me to? No, I don't really. I kind of like that it just exists out there. Yeah, me too. Like, if you find it, it's cool. If not... You know, I mean, not that we wouldn't appreciate any ratings on iTunes, um, but I mean, you know, it's not m- more than anything. Rather than write us on iTunes, maybe just say if you like the show, tell somebody to listen to it. Look at that! I like it. So you know, like I don't really care if people, you know, find us on iTunes. Like, just tell and- somebody to listen to it. If you really want to get in touch with us, you should go listen to the X-Wing Files, Logan's other show, and they'll have some contact info there. So that's how we know you really love the show. You should go <laughs> listen to that podcast, find his contact information, and then contact him about this show. That would be amazing. Yeah, I guess if you're willing to sit through us rambling about Star Wars. Did you listen to the latest episode yet? I have not, no. Okay, um, yeah. And I've, I've, been, um, I've been cheating on your podcast with another um, and I'll be listening probably tomorrow. Uh, there was just something really, really funny at the end that I was, I was hope I was, I was waiting on your text of like just saying this person's name and being like, that's hysterical. So uh, you'll know it when you listen to it. So. Okay. Yeah. I'll see you then be looking out for text tomorrow. <laughs> All right. So um, yeah, you're going to be, you're not going to watch anything this weekend. So, mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, no. Katie and I are going to try to go um, to see the Mister Rogers movie on Friday. Oh my uh, because god! Because we'll have, you're going to cry so much. So, so. I mean, it's just you know, it's a lot of emotion. So it is, but I'm like, I, she really wants to see it, and it's playing uh, in Columbus. So we're going to try to go uh, go out while the, uh, the the grandmother watches Ezra. Well, I guess Ezra will be asleep, and we'll just be in the same house as Ezra while we go to the movie. And you'll be, you said you're off all next week? Yep, I'm off. I took Friday off, so I'll be Friday through, I mean, the whole next week. It's the longest I've been off in like four years. Awesome. So, I'm very well, excited. I'm actually off on Wednesday, so. Oh, nice. I'm, I'll be out with, uh, look at us making plans on the podcast no one listens to. Um, I will be seeing Tommy the first half of the day with Ezra. Maybe we can get up together at the second half and you can see Ezra too. Yeah, uh, man, you know, he can scream at me and cry. <laughs> It'll be it won't be in the house, so it'll be better. <laughs> I'm not invading his territory. You won't be Tommy, so he'll be loosened up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's worse with Tommy. No <laughs> matter makes, where we are, that makes me feel better. So, yeah. 
All right, good deal. Well, uh, everybody go watch something. And then we should have an email address for people to tell us what they're watching and what they think, but we don't. So uh, you can Maybe tweet, next week. You can tweet me, though. Like, I can give you my Twitter address. It's at Deadpool1979, D-E-D-P-O-O-L-1979. There you go. Cool. Tweet him. He, you can find me through him. I'm like, I'm, I'm really want you guys to do the work to find us. So he just cheated. So if you find him, you can find me that way. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.